Welcome to the Open Government Podcast. I'm Richard Pietro. And I'm Samir Vasa. Each episode of the Open Government Podcast, we'll be bringing you an interview with someone working on open government and citizen engagement in their community. And today we have Harvey Lowe from the City of Toronto's Social Research and Analysis Unit with us. Hello, Harvey. How are you doing? Hi, Richard. Hi, Samir. How are you both doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Good. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, why don't you tell us, first of all, a little bit about yourself, the social research unit, and then we'll start diving into some more pertinent questions. Sounds good. Um, My background is uh, a combination of urban planning and social work. And uh, over the years, having worked as an urban planner and then as a social worker in the field, I've now come to the city and focused uh, pretty well exclusively on uh, social research and demography. Uh, And our unit, the uh, Social Research and Information Management um, Unit of the Social Development Finance and Administration Division, is responsible for collecting metrics, demographic data in support of our social policies. So you ask, why are we uh, involved in open data? Because we, we use a lot of data and metrics uh, in support of government policies. And it's, it's a natural extension of the work that we do to support open government. Now, one of the things in open government that's talked about often is this idea of open by default. Now, when you presented, when you were brought to the open government event in Toronto, you presented this problem with open by default that although sometimes, although data is for the public, one of the responsibilities of government is not to just provide services, but it's also to protect citizens. And you gave this great example of someone who asked for very specific data uh, about a very specific demographic. Can you re- re- tell us the story again? Do you know what I'm referring to? Which story I'm yes. referring to? Yes, I do. Um, first of all, let me let me just uh, broach the topic of open by default. Um, it's a term that's that's used a lot these days, and 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 I totally agree with the term. The, the challenge becomes uh, is that we as civil servants um, are hired to do a specific job. Our job is, as I mentioned earlier, to collect metrics, to do social research, uh, in order to support social policy. Um, open def- by default is a new term that simply means that one – these are my own words – but we adhere to the concepts and precepts of openness uh, in providing data freely um, for the purposes of transparency, uh, for the purposes of efficiency, um, to the public for use to whatever uh, way they, they wish to use the data. The problem becomes then, um, if we are open by default, it, it, it goes in, in a bit of a, a tug and fro to the original purpose of which we're hired. Um, while we always want to remain transparent, we, we have a job to do. And that daily job is often in, in meeting information requests, in support of a poverty profile, development of a, a senior's profile of some kind to understand the clients we serve. Open by default simply means that we must um, understand in the background why we're collecting this data, but we don't always um, have the freedom to deliver that data, not only as a result of the lack of resources and the fact that we're doing our daily jobs of which we are hired, but the fact that we do have issues of privacy to protect. So the example I gave that you spoke to before is we often get um, asked information requests uh, th- uh, for information to the community for various reasons. People want to do a research paper at university. Uh, a non-government agency wants to apply a grant. 
Um, and a couple of years ago, and, and it's happened on occasion, we, we had a, an individual who was asking for um, data um, for, uh, about uh, females uh, between a certain age group, a young age group, uh, down to a certain level of geography in the neighborhood in which he lived. Now, we normally ask the purpose of um, a request, and the gentleman wouldn't give me one. So while we are here to provide that information to the public, um, we often must uh, ensure that when we do these information requests, they also meet the mandates of our division and at the same time protect privacy. Um, and so at that time, because the gentleman couldn't, couldn't provide a reason for such request, uh, we denied the request. Now, some people would say, well, you know, you should give the data. It doesn't matter what people want it for. Um, and, but I think that we as civil servants have the obligation to protect um, uh, public privacy, safety, um, and to adhere to the mandates of our department and the, and the purposes of which we, we exist. Um, so I think it's often a, a difficult decision to make in, in, uh, for us where there's a lack of of structured policies to help us make these decisions, when to say no, when to say yes. And I think that's the dilemma that we often face these days. Where do we do to provide that open data as freely as possible, but at the same time protecting the privacy of the people that we serve? So real quick, I just want to make sure that we were a little bit clear on an issue is that you the, the gentleman was asking for data set on, I think it was single women. Was single it not? women, yes. Yeah, single single women. Young single women down to something called the LDL level, which is yeah, essentially his street. Right, right. Living living alone in, in apartments. Exactly. So you have to ask yourself as a public servant, as a human being, like, why does this guy want to know how many single young women live on his street? Right, Right. And, and, and again, it's a conflict because if we were to treat every request uh, the same way as we normally do, um, then it would, we would simply provide that out. But I had made the decision at that time that um, we, we needed to have a reason why that data was being released. Um, he wouldn't give us that information. And uh, we just had to make a decision that in the best interest of public safety, uh, we wouldn't do that. So I think the compromise in the end is that uh, we ended up um, uh, preparing data for public release, but it was at the level of aggregation, uh, higher up in geography, at a higher level of, of, of geography, which which we hoped would circumvent that uh, that situation. But that was a bit of a, a fork in the road for, for, for us and for myself um, as we learn in the road to providing data to, to the public what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. That's a that's a great story of how you navigated that fork in the road, Harvey. I want to ask the question you just asked back to yourself, that we do have this dilemma between privacy and mandate in our role as a public servant, uh, but also this drive and desire to open up more things, to be more transparent, more accountable, and to release more things. And you said one of the dilemmas that we have to face is figuring out you know, the line between the two and how we, how we straddle those two. I'm going to ask you, what advice would you give to other people who are trying to grapple with the same situation? Well, I think the first thing is, is if, if uh, you're an agency that deals with a lot of data, um, and, and including data about uh, uh, personal um, characteristics of an individual, I think the first question you need to ask yourself is why are you collecting that data and why is this person providing this data to you in the first place? Um, if the data is being provided for a specific purpose, then gen I mean, I'm being general, um, in, in the privacy realm, um, it should be only collected and reported on, on, uh, based on that notion and on that purpose of, of the reason why the, why the person provided that data to you in the first place. 
However, as we begin to, to move into this frontier of open data, we can see that we've matured. Our values are changing over time about how we use data. Um, the opportunities uh, of using the data are now growing, and they're becoming very different from, from the traditional model of we're only uh, collecting the data for this purpose and we can only release it for that purpose. So I think the advice I can give is, is to begin to, to, to have in the background of your mind a person who's collecting this data, what is your uh, responsibility to protect this person's privacy, while at the same time finding that, that natural balance in providing data that would not um, uh, basically uh, uh, you know, uh, contravene the privacy issue, but at the same time providing enough data at a certain level of, of detail and granularity that would be useful uh, for other uses of that data. And I think that's what we're seeing now is that dichotomy between um, collection of data for a specific purpose and now maturing to a level where, where people are seeing the many different values of the use of that data outside of what it was originally intended to be collected for. See, I, I take a very different perspective on it, and, and I'm just trying to sort of be the devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. I, I'm in this world of open gov and open data. I don't want you, Harvey, to make that decision if that sounds a little bit too aggressive. I'd rather have that question. Like, let's say we take that scenario of the gentleman that asked for that data set. He asked it to you in a very private way. It was just between you and him. I'm willing to bet you that if you had asked for that data in a community, he never would have asked that data because the rest of the community would be like, what is this guy thinking of? Like, this would not be acceptable. And we'd let the community decide whether or not you release the data. Do you have any thoughts on that perspective? Um, I, you know, it, it's not that I don't disagree with you. And I think it's, it's this, uh, this situation, in fact, happened about 10 years ago when, when nobody even knew what the term open data was about. Um, so I think it's, 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 it's a developmental situation for all of us in this field, uh, both in the community and here. Um, I do agree that it shouldn't be uh, uh, civil servants deciding um, what should and should not be released. It, it's not black and white, though. Um, we are here as civil servants, and I know we're talking about the protection of privacy, but at the same time, um, I do think it's our responsibility to release data that we feel is also of quality uh, and is also of a usefulness and resiliency that would that, that we think would be useful to the community. Um, not all data is perfect. It's, it's fraught with, with problems. It's fraught with, with quality issues. We see that with the recent changes of the long form and the, and the inability to compare the current National Household Survey data to the previous long form data. Um, we're now at a point where uh, we as civil servants must also provide that knowledge base, uh, that our understanding of the data that would assist users in the community to uh, manipulate, uh, to combine and to um, analyze that data in a much more fulsome way. Um, the, that too, I think, is part of, of the privacy question. But I think that simply to release data without that knowledge base, and, and it all comes down to resources as well. The city sits on massive amounts of data, uh, and if we were to release every data set that the public asked us to, there wouldn't be enough hours in the day for us to do that, nor there would be hours in the day for us to do the jobs that we originally hired to do. So it, it, it really is a gray area, and I don't disagree with you, Richard. Um, it's just not black and white to me. Fair enough. Well, you know what? As we are clearly learning, this is a conversation that is definitely a lot more than uh, sorry it's, it's much more skin deep 
than it appears to be. But we're running out of time. Right. So, uh, Harvey, thank you so much for uh, sharing your thoughts. So, uh, and, and don't, you know, keep up the great work. One of the things, real quick, I should mention is that you were a Canadian delegate for the Open Government Partnership back in 2012 in Brazil. Uh, right. We don't have time to talk about that, but thank you for representing Canada and bringing those thoughts to, uh, to Brazil. Absolutely. My pleasure. That was Harvey Lowe from the City of Toronto on the Open Government Podcast. Thanks all for joining us today, and we'll be back soon with our next interview with someone in the Open Government community. So if you've got any questions about today's episode or if you want to say anything, share your thoughts, tell us which way to go. If there's any guests that you'd like, uh, that you think should be featured on the podcast, don't hesitate to send us a tweet. My hashtag, or sorry, the hashtag for the podcast is OGTPod. My Twitter handle is at Richard Pietro. I'm at Vasta, V-A-S-T-A. And thanks again to Keith McDonald for providing the intro and outro music for the podcast. Have yourselves a great one, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.